raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. The 312th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! You're on way to Worthy, Worthy 5, the Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out of timeout, technical foul, technical foul on Michigan, they're out of timeout. Front court, Williams on the drive, gets it back out to head, long outside shot, short rebound, it's May, it's over, Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72, and how about them Tar Heels, they are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national daggum champion. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, back with you guys once again today, here to get you ready for Carolina and Louisville. That game will come your way Wednesday night, 9 p.m., over on the ACC Network, we're going to break down the Cardinals, tell you everything you need to know about the Tar Heels, give our keys to the game, pick the game, and so much more. But we start every edition of the pod, as we always do, with the pod thought of the day. And we're recording on Monday, which many of you know, if you especially have the day off from work, it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And so today we use a thought from his, or a quote from his for today's thought, And today's uh, pod thought is, quote, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. And I mean, of course, no one really, you know, exemplified this statement more than MLK. All that he did and his legacy is still being carried on today. Um, was was just a a major part of the social justice movement in this country and breaking down barriers and um, really just getting America in a in, in a better place in a better standing um, as a country. As we always do, we try to relate the pod thought to you know what's going on in Carolina basketball, and you look at you look at Hubert Davis, and you look at where he was. In March of 2023, missed the NCAA tournament, decided to skip the NIT, which is a very much a better-than-thou, holier-than-thou attitude, but it was the right attitude that he had to take to get the program where it is today. And, you know, as much as last year 
stunk. Wasn't fun. It might have been the best thing for Carolina's head coach um, because it tested him. It forced him to grow. It forced him to adapt, and it forced him to to make hard decisions that if you if you would have ran it back, you know, successfully, then you wouldn't be you, then you wouldn't be facing with these trials and these tribulations. Everything that's making Carolina better right now in the short run, and hopefully, and I believe. In the long run, um, and we both are very confident in Huber Davis, and both believe that he's the right man for the job. And the job he's done so far this year, restoring Carolina basketball, um, is evidence of that. Coming up next is is arguably the the toughest game we'll preview the rest of the season <laughs> because we're in conference play. Way to sell it! Way to sell it! Um, you know, and I don't think you know winning ACC games are the easiest thing in the world. But you're playing the worst team in the ACC, and arguably the worst team in a power program. It's either them or UCLA. Oh, DePaul's got a case. Too. DePaul beat Louisville by double digits. That's true, though. That's so. That's the yeah. That's the argument that you have. This this might be. Is this the worst team? I mean, last year's team might be even worse because they. And, and if you haven't figured it out by this point, we're talking about Louisville. They at least beat Miami on the road this year. That's the only road win like under Kenny Payne, who's been on the job for over a year and period, a half. Period. Point blank. They, I, I mean, that is insanity. Like, it's it's rough. I mean, is this last two years, is this is this the worst team that we've ever seen in the, in ACC history? Yeah, I mean, it's up there with... Like, for us, personally, I would say probably yes. It's up there with down bad Georgia Tech, with down bad Boston College. Um, Notre Dame's had some bad teams, but I, I mean, this is just... Oh, you know, um, God. You know, they're 6-10 on the year, as I mentioned. 1-4 and four in the league, the lone win at Miami, the only road win under Kenny Payne, who's been on the job for, as I mentioned... A year and a half, and um, frankly, this is downright embarrassing for Louisville basketball. Um, this is a top ten program in the sport. It's one of the best jobs in the country. You've got a rich tradition. Um, there's sustained winning and in, in excellence. You're in a state that eats, sleeps, drinks, poops. Peas basketball. Wow, that might have been that might have been too far. Um, you Once know, you start talking fecal matter, you may have gone too far. You don't have to go more than four hours any direction to recruit a team that can compete for a conference, let alone a national championship. And so this is really embarrassing. Um, it, it's it's not it's not good for the ACC that one of its premier programs. Oh, there it is. There is, it is having another down season. You're killing the conference, man. Um, it reflects poorly on the coach and leader that Kenny Payne is. Um, I and, mean, I just don't like how good of a coach. How does he still have a job is my question. Well, because in today's I get he's college an athletics, um, when you put contracts together and you put these buyouts together, it's it's cheaper to wait to fire him than to fire him in, you know, in the middle of the season. The problem, and you see this in, in, in other sports as well, and I'm going to spend some time really going in because it, it, it pains oh, me oh. to see this Louisville program be as bad as it, as it is. 
This is what happens when you let media influence your decisions. Oh, boy. Because when, you know, they had the stuff with Chris Mack, and they had to move on from Chris Mack, like a program that had the tradition. that had, I mean, they moved on from Rick Patino. You're going to move on from Chris Mack. Um, you know, everyone said, you got to go get a Louisville guy. You got to go get a guy that's been there, done that, that's going to do it the right way. And Kenny Payne's an alumnus and was, you know, played there during – Really, when the the program became a national program, but and look was an assistant under John Calipari at Kentucky, so it's seen how to run a, a high major program in the right way. That doesn't mean he was the right man for the job. He, and for all intents and purposes, was best suited where he was before he took the job on the bench as an assistant in the NBA. And when you go out and you make these hires, because basically. The media and your alumni force you to. This is the type of hire that you get, because you didn't hire the, be- the the best man for the job. You didn't hire the best man that was gonna, you know, adapt to the sport that he was coming into with NIL and transfer portal. Um, and it's why they are where they are. The good news is, is that barring a second half of the season surge. He'll, he'll, he'll all but be gone at the end of the year. And you'll look at a guy like at Nate Oates at Alabama. Um, you know, there'll be some other names that'll creep up that'll be more suited to get the job this time it comes around because I don't think local national media will be forcing upon an unproven assistant um, to take over one of the best jobs in all of college basketball. What's interesting is despite the poor record, they do have five guys averaging double-figure scoring, led by Mike James, 14.3 points, 5.7 rebounds, 1.4 assists, shooting 45% from the field, 41% from three. Sky Clark, 14.2 points, 3.3 rebounds, 2.8 assists. He's shooting 38% from the field, 30% from three. Uh, Trey White started on the team and scoring 12.2 points, 5.9 rebounds, 1.6 assists. He's shooting 41% from the field. 29% from three. Brandon Huntley Hartfield, 10.3 points, 8.7 rebounds, one one assist. He's shooting 55% from the field, 25% from three. And then you got JJ Trainer, 10.1 points, 4.6 rebounds. He's shooting 52% from the field, 37% from three. The bad news, they don't have much else. Like this isn't a team that scores the ball at a higher rate. And outside of those five guys that are scoring in double figures, they have no one else that can put the ball in the basket. And when you look at it from top to bottom, you look at their record, you look at their metrics, you look at their computer data, this is a glorified middle-of-the-road, you know, Missouri Valley Conference team playing playing in the ACC. Just, I mean, completely destroying the conference. It's all Louisville's fault. Um, I mean, yeah, there's no way to uh, around it. Like, this team is is just horrible. And one of the guys that you mentioned there, J.J. Trainer, won't even play in the game. Won't play the rest of the season. Actually re-injured his shoulder in a recent practice. So he's he's done for the year. So they now have four guys that are pretty much their entire team. And it's very similar to last year in a certain extent. Now, even even more so last year, L. Ellis was pretty much their only dude. Like, 
their second best scorer was probably Jalen Withers, which as we've seen, it probably shows you where things are at. Like Jalen Withers is not a guy that should be anywhere near the top in terms of leading you in scoring if you're a really good basketball team. I mean, yeah, this this team, more so than anything, though, and look, they're not great offensively. They definitely aren't. But at the same time, I mean, this team is terrible defensively. I mean, they are absolutely horrible. They are allowing 76 points per game, which is 302nd in the country. And this is the thing to remember. It's still pretty early in conference play. Their schedule... Is I mean, look, they they have some legitimate opponents on there, but they have also allowed a lot of points to some bad teams. They've also lost games to teams like Arkansas State, Chattanooga. Like this is this is a horrendous team, and this is one that Carolina shouldn't have much trouble dispatching of. But if there's one thing that last week showed you. It's that you cannot take this team or any team lightly. And, I mean, look, this team has already beaten Miami. They did it on the road. They're motivated to have any sort of momentum, even if it doesn't mean keeping Kenny Payne. These guys that are on the roster are trying to prove that, hey, if we get a new coach in here, we should still be around. Because in this era of the transfer portal, I mean, Micah Shrewsbury said earlier this year, with Notre Dame. Hey, if you don't step up, I'll put your name in the portal myself. Like, that's a thing that will happen. So these guys, they've got a lot to prove and really nothing to lose at the same time. So, I, I mean, I think that if Carolina's not careful, they could be in more of a battle than they were probably prepared for. Well, I, I mean, look, I, I, I hear what you're saying. This is a team that lost at home to Chattanooga. Um, by double digits, lost at DePaul, um, lost at home to Arkansas State by double digits. And that's not, that's not the most embarrassing thing that this program's endured this season. Louisville played a game earlier this year without a player in the first half because he didn't. they didn't have the, the, the type of tights he wanted to play. <laughs> Which they never had. Apparently, according to Kenny Payne, they never had these tights before. And, and so, um, you know, like that just shows you the train wreck, the disaster that this program is. But as you mentioned, they did go on the road and win at Miami um, by nine uh, on Wednesday, January 10th. They followed that up with a competitive but a home loss to NC State over the weekend. You look at this game from the Carolina perspective. Carolina enters thirteen and three, five and zero in uh, in ACC play. Um, as of today, they're now ranked fourth in the AP poll. They're fifth in Ken Palm and they're seventh in the net. The only ACC team to be ranked inside the top seven in all three of those metrics. Um, this game will be taking place in the Smith Center where Carolina is 7-0, and um, and, and they're averaging 91 points per game at home at the Smith Center. Um, Carolina has four players averaging double-figure scoring, led by R.J. Davis's 20.4 points, 3.4 rebounds, 3.3 assists, shooting 43% from the field, 41% from three. Armando Baycott, second on the team in scoring, 14.6 points, 10.8 rebounds. He's shooting 54% from the field, 
Harrison Ingram, third on the team in scoring, 12.7 points, 7.8 rebounds, 2.5 assists. He's shooting 43% from the field, 41% from three. Then you got Cormac Ryan averaging 10.7 points, 3.4 rebounds, 1.4 assists. He's shooting 38% from the field, 28% from three. Carolina is averaging making 19 free throws per game. That's the sixth highest mark in the country. And they're attempting 25 free throws per game. That's 14th best in the country. Let's now get to the discussion topic before uh, we get our keys to the game and and pick the game. Um, And I think this is a relatively easy answer. But considering what happened to Miami, I think it's it's one on the table. How much do we trust this team to not lose this game on Wednesday night? Because you look at this game, there's nothing that Carolina can gain outside of getting to six and zero and and getting to fourteen and three. You lose this game, and I know it's January fifteenth, and we've got six weeks or whatever until Selection Sunday. This is the type of loss that keeps you. Off the one line, um, you know I, I I frequently listen to the Ion College Basketball podcast with Matt Norlander and Gary Parish. It's a great program if you love college basketball to check it out. They they discuss losses throughout the season, and they discuss multiple seed line losses. Like that's what's on the line. Like if Carolina loses this game, you could you and we get to selection Sunday. Even if they won an ACC regular season, they won an ACC tournament. <laughs> A loss would keep them off the one line and could and, and and could drop them down to three. And I'm not I'm not speaking hyperbolic. Like that's how bad of a loss this would be. This would be the worst loss under Hubert Davis. And this would go in the category of losing at home to Belmont, losing to UAB on the road, losing to Santa Clara to open the season in two thousand five, losing at home to Hampton. Like you would this would be one of the worst losses in the history of Carolina basketball. So how much do you trust for them to not let that happen? Well, you know, now that you got the people paranoid, uh, I don't think there is any possible way Carolina loses this game. I would be, I mean, it would be unbelievable. To To use a term that we heard Jerry Jones use over the weekend, I would be absolutely floored. Like, I just, I mean... This team is is playing as well as any team in the country right now. And we've had moments where this has been possible throughout the year. There are games where if this team was any iteration of the team from a year ago, they could have played a competitive game with some of the lesser non-conference opponents that they played. And we haven't seen that. So... I, I have a lot of trust in them, especially with this game being at home. Uh, I know you know Louisville was able to go to Miami and win. I was the one that brought it up and referenced it first. And I think that's something that, for the guys in the locker room, that has to be something that they are reminded of, That's that, that is just something that's there to say, look, do not get trapped by this game. But in terms of the fans... This is not one that you should be that paranoid by. This team has shown you time and time again this year that they can be trusted to win games. To me, let's say they had came out and struggled, even if they struggled in the first half against Syracuse, and they pulled away in the second half and won that game by like 10 or 12. 
Okay, maybe then you could have more of a conversation. I mean, this team just took on a team that is bottom half of the ACC and blew them out. And now you're taking on an even worse team, the worst team in the ACC, which I say confidently. Like, there are some teams right now that are really struggling, but this team is is just as bad as it gets in the ACC right now. I, I trust that this team will be able to get the job done and probably do it in the fashion that we think they should. Yeah, I I don't have any concern. Oh, with, yeah, I mean, after that, that long rant you went on there. It wasn't a rant. Out. I mean, it was just laying out, you know, basically the facts. This is as much as I've trusted a team since 2018, 2019. Remember last year, this was a four-win Louisville team. And there was legitimate concern that would Carolina go on the road and beat them. And if you go back and watch the game, Carolina won. Wasn't pretty. They didn't outclass them the way that they should have outclassed a four-win Louisville team. Which for that team last year, not shocking. Um, you know, Carolina has you know just outclassed Syracuse. I think they'll be motivated because they'll they're going to know the chatter and. You know, I know Hubert Davis says that they don't talk about specifics and they don't, you know, they don't treat any opponent any differently. They're going to be made very, they're going to be, they're going to be made known what happened to Miami. And they'll be expressed the ramifications of, you know, that loss to Miami will probably keep them out of a legitimate running to win the ACC regular season, if we're being honest. And this is a group that wants that. And this is a group that's hungry to attain such a thing. And, um, I, I think the leadership on this team, with you know the the the, the two fifth year seniors and, and another senior in your starting lineup, like we saw this team play relentless against good competition. Um, great teams play relentless against inferior competition, and that's my expectation. I expect them to treat this game just the same way they treated Pitt, Clemson, NC State on the road, or Tennessee at home, or. You know the the way you you were ready to play against UConn and Kentucky, because um, that's the expectation here. And if not, you know if 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 you lose, you you'll have to deal with the ramifications and understand that the a lot of the goodwill that you've built up so far this first half of the season, a lot of the trust that you've built up within the fan base that you've restored, will be wiped away. Um, and that's just. That's just the facts when you play this type of team in in conference play. Um, fortunately, this you know there is as good as you know the Big Ten is year in year out, or the Big Twelve is in year in year out. They have some of these types of games more often than not. The ACC has avoided these even when they've had like bad Boston College or Georgia Tech teams. But now this is back to back years where the league has a team that could essentially impact NCAA tournament seating and impact NCAA tournament uh, chances um, if a team like Louisville was to beat you know, a, a, a specific team. So um, with that, let's dive into our keys to the game. Um, my first one's plain and simple, and it's to be, it's to be ready to play no matter the opponent. Um, you know, I, I think this has got to be a game where we talk about maturity we, we, we talk about how much this team has grown on and off the court. This game, as much as any game, will show that because if Carolina comes out and plays the way they're capable of playing, the game, in theory, should be over at halftime. 
Um, I'm not going to ask you to blow another ACC team out at home by the under eight mark of the of the first half. It's a lot to ask, um, especially a team that just went on the road and beat a ranked opponent, or not a ranked opponent, but beat a quality ACC team. And we'll look at this game as a way to salvage what has become a lost season. I think this program and this team has gotten better at doing so this year. First two years, there were times Carolina came out flat. No matter the opponent, no matter the situation, um, no matter what was on the line. Hasn't been the case this year. There hasn't been a game, even the Pittsburgh game where you took six and a half minutes to score. You were still competing on the defensive end. So it's a late tip. It's a weak night against a bad opponent. No excuses. If you're the class of the ACC and you're a legitimate threat to win a national championship, you'll be ready to play this game come 9 o'clock. I mean, they still have things to prove in that area because that's one of the things that we've talked about with this team is that they're not the fastest starting team. You saw it the other day against Syracuse. They started fast. They were able to grow an early lead, and it made things comfortable down the stretch. That's where you want to get to in this game. Now, again, like you said, it doesn't have to be that good of a start, but you would like to see this team get rolling early. This is not a good defensive team, so you want to see Carolina attack them, get to the free throw line, get easy baskets inside. That's the way that you set the tone. But, yeah, it comes back... You talk about the last two years. The thing that you that that is so obvious now, and at the time we didn't really realize it. And this is no slight to to Brady Manick, who I think turned into a really good leader as that season went along. But he wasn't the type of leaders that this group has in their transfers. They've got other veteran guys that have been there in Armando and RJ. As for some reason, I took an on incredibly sharp uh, breath right there. Um, but you look at these guys, and each and every time that we've wondered to ourselves, okay, how is how is this group going to respond to said scenario? It's the leadership of these guys that shows through every single time and has Carolina ready for these types of moments. And you're right. I mean, Pittsburgh was one of those games. Things weren't going your way. Nobody panicked. They said, okay, shots are not falling on the offensive end. Well, then we're just going to step it up on the defensive end. Um, and, and that's what you want to see from this team. I feel like this will be another one of those games. To me, I, I think that Carolina should still be able to get off to a fast start here, even if it's not as fast as the start against Syracuse. I, I find it hard to believe that with the – where Carolina is at, where Louisville is at talent-wise, I think that Carolina should be able to get off to a pretty fast start out of the gate. Um, and and I think, you know, this, this group, I don't question. I mean, we questioned if this could be a game that Carolina possibly loses. Absolutely no way. I'm almost in the same area when it comes to being prepared for this game. I think Hubert Davis has the pulse of his team right now, and I think this group as a whole is ju- is just led too well to come out and start that slow against Louisville. The second key that I have, um, and this is even maybe, maybe as much as a key as something that I want to see, but I want to – you need to build off of the offensive success that you had on Saturday. This doesn't need to be a flash in the pan. It doesn't need to be a one-off. I'm not asking you to score 100 points, uh, but I am asking you to 
play the same way you played, which was establish Armando Baycott inside, feed him early and often, and let everything kind of build off of that and, and play, you know, inside out. Um, and maybe you get some some better looks from the perimeter, and maybe you get some of those perimeter shots from Cormac Ryan to 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 fall in the basket, and maybe you get a little bit more confidence in him. You mentioned that this is a poor defensive team; they're averaging giving up seventy six point six points per game. Um, that's one of the worst margins in all of in in, in, in the ACC. And in all of you know major conference college basketball, so you shouldn't. You're not going to feel any resistance. Um, you're not going to feel. You know they're not going to Virginia you. They're not going to make you play in the half court and grind this thing out like forty eight forty six. Like they have a hard time guarding you, just like the team you played on Saturday did. And so I want to see the same mindset, the same aggression on that end of the floor because when Carolina plays the way they played on Saturday, they're as good as any team in the country offensively. Yeah, I mean, look, they are nationally 311th in field goals allowed per game with 27. 315th in field goal percentage overall, 45.8%. Uh, 305th in two-point makes, 20 a game. Uh, 335th in two-point percentage allowed, 53.9%. All of that is to say, this is a team that is so easy to attack inside. That should be your goal. Get downhill, get the ball into Armando Baycott's hands. However you can get to the basket, do it. Because, similar to Syracuse, they don't have a way to stop you. Now, I don't know if this is a team that's going to try to switch their defensive schemes mid-game. And, uh, honestly, for Syracuse, it worked even worse when they switched to the zone than when they were playing man-up defense. But, this is still a group that I just don't think there's any way that they're going to be able to compete with you. I mean, this is a team that could not stop teams in the SOCON, in the Sun Belt. There's no way that the level that you're playing at offensively, they will have any sort of resistance for you if you go right at them. Biggest key, don't turn the basketball over because that's what gives teams that are struggling defensively life. I think Carolina should be able to hold on to the basketball, and to me... I find it hard to believe that they will not have another pretty successful day offensively. The the last key that I'll I'll put in here, um, and I got to tell you, it was really hard finding three keys to the game just because Louisville was so bad. It's really hard to identify something to to, to take away from them. Um, is for Carolina to expand its 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 bench and its rotation. Um, you didn't play a starter more than 27 minutes the other night, and that should be the case in this game. You should see heavy minutes from Jalen Washington, Seth Trimble, um, even Paxson Wojcik. He's going to play Zayden High no matter what. Um, but, you know, you look at this is the soft part of Carolina's schedule. If you can if you can save some minutes here and and play these guys less than 30 minutes, it's going to be beneficial down the road because once Carolina gets to the Dukes, the Virginias of the world, or the Miamis of the world, 
those guys are going to play 34, 35, 36 minutes. Like, that's just what it is. Like, because even in big games, your rotation gets smaller. So if you can have them more fresh by the time those types of games comes around, it's all the better. And, you know, good teams, championship-caliber teams, that's that's what they'll do is they'll see an opportunity to beat an inferior opponent um, and do so rather handedly and let some of the reserves play the majority of the second half. And I think it'll be key for Carolina because they're back on the road again this weekend at Boston College. If you can steal some minutes and rest some of your starters, primarily R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott. Oh, you'd love to. That would be phenomenal. And I think, yeah, that should definitely be a goal coming into this game. Uh, And I think it's certainly possible. We saw it the other day against Syracuse that this was a team that, you know, Carolina was able to get up early. They got some of these guys in. And look, you're, you're seeing that Hubert Davis is not afraid to play his bench guys. And now the thing is, is that the drop off really isn't that significant. So, in you know, at times last year, if you would have said this, okay, but in his mind, there was a significant drop off to the bench guys. We've said it, huge leaps from Seth Trimble, Jalen Washington this year. Jalen Withers is playing a lot better. Um, He seems like he has at least some sort of trust, enough to play Paxson Wojcik and Zayden High, you know, enough in these games to sort of get him to a certain timeout, to get him through some foul trouble for certain guys. So, yeah, the hope is that you can get a significant enough lead that you can get a little bit of rest for your guys. Now, of course, not too much. You don't want to have you know these guys playing literally like 14 minutes and then coming out and not playing. But at the same time, I mean, look, if you could get some of these other guys, especially the other thing is just getting other guys on the roster the experience because you never know when somebody may have to play. Um, this group is so deep that you would imagine you won't have to go too deep into that bench, but you'd love to get some of those guys a little bit of extra minutes um, just to you know continue to show how deep this team can be. And uh, I, I think you know the way Louisville has played the majority of the year, I think that Carolina will be able to get to that point. You know, probably early in the second half, I'd be shocked if Carolina is able to blow them out as significantly as they blew Syracuse out early. I just think it might take a little bit more time, but eventually Carolina should get to a point where they can play the majority of their backups some pretty significant minutes. Carolina enters with a 98.3% chance to win the game. Who wins and why? I think Carolina wins, and I think they probably do it pretty significantly. I just don't think that Syracuse or Syracuse, I don't that it could be a recreation. I don't think that Louisville is apt to keep up with this team at this point how bad they are defensively um just you know the you got to imagine the mindset of this team I think if Carolina if this was the game like let's say they played Louisville on Saturday or let's say Louisville beat Miami on Saturday and this was the game that followed it okay then you might be a little more concerned but they you know, couldn't build off of that. I know they played well against State, but still at home couldn't find a way to beat State. I, I feel like this is, this is going to be one of those teams that comes in here. Carolina might be able to kill that will, maybe not early as early as they did with Syracuse, but I think as they're getting towards the end of the half, I think especially early in the second half, 
Carolina will kill that will. I think Carolina wins this game, and I think they do it somewhere between 20 and 25 points. Yeah, I I think Carolina wins um, mainly because I don't want to try to have to talk about a loss. And if I have to come on here and talk about a loss to Louisville, I might break. Um, Carolina's better. They got more talent. They're more gifted. They're deeper. They're better coached. Um, I still think the game means more to them because a chance to get to 6-0 and and really keep pace at the top of the ACC is something that's going to be important to them. Um, and I think they'll be motivated to not let this one get them. Um, because they know the, the 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 talk and the negativity that'll that 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 would exist if they were to lose this game, and so I don't know if it's going to be as comfortable as it was against Syracuse. Um, I don't think it'll be as tight as it was against you know State, Clemson, or Pitt. But I do expect Carolina to emerge victorious on Wednesday night. Well, no matter what happens, we'll have you covered on the HeelToughBlog.com where you you can catch all the latest Carolina basketball and Tar Heel football coverage. I'll be getting you ready with the preview of the game. Of course, there will be a recap posted night of the game as well. Any news that comes out of the the Keenan Football Center, Anthony will have you covered on as Tar Heel football is uh, fully into offseason mode. Um, and so basketball will will step into the, the the spotlight here as we're highlighting what should be um, a fun rest of the 2023-2024 season. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us, every major podcasting platform. Simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the basketball season. But with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Do you want to thank Anthony for hosting with me? We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.